0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. One ball, two strikes, two outs. Six to one, the Rangers lead in the top of the ninth. Belize the high set, here comes the pitch, breaking ball, strike three, call! The Rangers are going to the World Series!
0: Go ahead! You are watching the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patter, creator-try at WK.com. joined as always by Morgan Price of OneStarBall.com. Morgan, how you doing?
1: Um, I'm doing okay. I mean, outside of the game, I'm doing great. But, Yeah.
0: Yeah, I have watched better baseball. I have yeah. watched worse baseball, and this was worse, Not mm-hmm. worst. Um, Rangers lose nine to two. Um, really got a hand out of hand there at the end. Um, but you know, we we were wrong on on some <laughs> things yesterday, but we were we were also pretty right on a few things. We were yeah. right to start off the day in Willie Calhoun being the one that was sent down, and I I saw a lot of um, at least just Evan saying like, oh well, the Rangers were saying how much they liked uh, Willie, but their their actions didn't lead up to it. Like didn't agree with it because they sent him down. It's like, well, like you know the reason for that. Like it's if you have options, then they're going to use your option, yeah. as opposed to DF, DFAing a player when they don't really have to. So Willie Calhoun was sent down to bring back Hunter Pence, um, and then um, Jesse Biddle was p- placed on the ten day IL. Um, and Taylor Guerrero was selected from Nashville, um, right-handed pitcher, um, and he pitched tonight, and he did um, not do well. Um, not great. Let's just leave it at that. But um, <laughs> let's start with the starters. Um, Lance Lynn started off with, this was just a weird game. Like, this was just straight up bizarre, the yeah. way this game played out. Especially, like, I feel like the first three hitters kind of typified, like, how weird this game was going to be. Yeah. I mean, for for Lance Lane to give up a first inning run like that happens, it's fine. But like there's like the double that was hit right. Uh, uh, Woody was talking about at the at the in his post game press conference. And he was like, yeah, the ball that was hit right exactly into like just the perfectly wrong spot right off the bat. And like it's in a place where you can't see just for like the first like inning and a half <laughs> yeah. usually. Um and of course it's hit right there. Um, so a leadoff double and then like another ball hit. Just they're all like weekly hit balls. Nothing was like smashed until like that home run that he gave up um later on in the game. But he did was he was able to fight out of it. Um and then <coughs> Joey was able to come back and, and tie the game in the fourth inning and then everything just kinda got out of whack in the fifth and sixth inning. Is that is that kind of where you feel like everything just went off the rails
1: yeah for sure the fir- the first inning was very like oh what is happening to Lance Lynn but he only gave up one run got out of it retired the next 12 straight batters and then the fifth inning happened it was like okay that's that's not terrible it still felt like it was a close game and they could get out of it but then the sixth inning felt like oh that, that's it that the Rangers are done um obviously not Lance Lynn's best outing um i wouldn't say it was his worst necessarily either he probably would say it's his worst um
0: he wouldn't say much he never really yeah, knows much
1: that's true um <laughs> but uh, the thing that um in the post game show uh bushell mentioned that the rangers offense was not there obviously and kind of hasn't been for a while and that They can't really rely on starting pitchers. And that's such a simple thing and an obvious thing kind of struck me because I was like, yeah, it does feel like that's what they've been relying on lately. And I honestly feel like a part of me maybe thought that Pence coming back would like be an immediate change, which is unrealistic, but it... (laughs) I was just really hoping for more. Especially in this game, especially after we both said this was the winnable game for them. Uh yeah, not great.
0: I think we both underestimated how good Alex Young is. For which sure. Entirely there's a small sample size on him, but yeah. um He was he was fantastic tonight. Like he was just he wasn't anything overpowering, but like he just hit his spots and he made them chase just enough yeah. uh, to the fact where he was dangerous. Like there was this first Two pitches to Joey Gallo. They were like, there were sliders low and away, and Joey just absolutely chased him. And he has not been chasing that pitch at all this yeah. year. And I was like, oh my God, Joey, like what, what's going on? So it must be coming out of the pan like really deceptively. But to his credit, like Young threw, I think, like two or three more pitches right in almost those exact same spots. Like most of his pitches were basically that exact same pitch because it worked the first two times. And then Joey, to his credit, and up taking a walk after being down um oh two, so that was a great at bat, and then his his homer at a thirty nine degree launch angle, which I think is like his third highest launch angle on a home run, which is insane like that's that is a monster fly in in terms of home runs, like no no home run should be able to hit at that high a launch angle, but in the post game show, they were also talking about how well. Joey has hit home runs off of lefties, and I'm like, I know he hits home runs off of lefties really well, but, like, since 2018, he has 23 home runs off lefties. That is the most in baseball, not just for a left-handed hitter, but for all hitters at all. The next closest is Christian Yelich with 19 home runs. Like, that's incredible. Yeah. But you can't rely on just Joey Gallo, and that was his one hit on the night. There were literally only five hits in this offense, and Santana had two of them, and one of them was... Honestly, should have been a flyout in the ninth yeah. inning. Yeah, just in and out of the glove, kind of funny looking, but honestly, didn't didn't end up mattering in in the long run of things. But man, it's it's so wild that we've got a Rangers team that is relying on their starting pitching, and not on having a good offense and an adequate uh, starting pitching rotation.
1: Yeah, agreed. It's they and. Hunter Pence has obviously been missed and like I said he's not going to immediately make a difference but it's just so weird how very strong the offense had started out in every game like coming from behind and you know putting multiple runs on the board in an inning um to just being very quiet lately it's i mostly in July even it's just it's odd
0: it just doesn't feel like the same Rangers team that we're used yeah. to seeing, like at all, in so many different ways. Like this team, with how well they were doing offensively in like May and June and even April as well, to see them like struggle like this is just—it's unsettling. Yeah, and I think part of it is like I don't want to blame Elvis because like a lot of Elvis's numbers, like early on in the season, he was like fantastic offensively, like he was walking, he was getting extra base hits, but now it's like. Oh, look, his average is still around 300, so it's fine. But no, 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 he's just mostly hitting singles. He's not walking nearly as much. He's not hitting for power as much anymore. He's still doing well on the base pass, and, like, his defense is not going to trail off. But, like, offensively, he's not been, like, three-hole hitter level. But to his credit, like, nobody else really has been much either, besides, like, Joey and in, like, stretches, uh, Noah Mazzara. But... Honestly, I feel like we haven't seen Logan Forsythe in a game for a long, long time. I don't really know why that is.
1: is. It feels like he's been having one at bat as a pinch hitter every other game, if that. But I would like to see him start more, for sure.
0: Especially at third base for Ezra Guerrero. Yeah. Not getting much. Like, oh, hey, look. Like, the second he had a single, I was like, oh, wow. Congratulations. Like, I felt like that was, like, a big deal because I hadn't seen him do that. Same thing with Jeff Mathis getting a hit today. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, that's actually a big deal." Literally only four players had hits. Santana had two, Gallo had his home run, Cabrera had a single and Mattis had a single. You cannot hope to get anything going offensively no. if that's your production at the plate.
1: And I this is the 3rd week of July, but I cuz sometimes my dad is my source on things and it surprises me when he's the one telling me things I didn't know. Um <laughs> But he was like, yeah, so Joey's been hitting, like, below 200 in July. I was like, what? Joey, L? Oh, no, you're lying. I thought he was, like, messing with me. And I went and looked it up, and he's batting, like, 152 for this month, which, again, it, that's only two weeks and a couple days. But still, <laughs> July has been a struggle for the Rangers in general. So if the best hitter on the team is batting below 200 for the month, it wouldn't surprise me if the rest of the team is also batting that or lower for the month. And hopefully it's just a July thing. And then, you know, once we get to August, you know, so- something suddenly just changes and they all figure it out again. Um, That'd be nice. But it, it would also be nice if they could figure it out now when there's two weeks before the trade deadline and not like after the deadline or like the day before. Like if they could figure it out before trades have to happen, that would be great.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um... But I think we should also talk about what, what we think they should do like at, at this point at the trade deadline. But let's take a quick break first. So after the break, we'll talk about what we think the Rangers should do at the trade deadline right after this. So right now, since they're in the middle of the struggle, it's always it's easy to be reactionary and be like, oh, sell everybody. They're in yeah. a four-game losing streak, so um, what's the point of doing anything good and having any postseason? It doesn't matter. You're going to lose in the first game anyway, and if you don't, then you're probably going to get swept in the divisional round. But I don't know. I'm still, at this point, I'm firmly on team do nothing. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but what do, you, what do you think?
1: I have been very... Almost... I'll be honest, every trade deadline I am very don't sell just because I'm like, it's going to be one of my favorite players and I don't want to lose him, so let's never sell anybody (laughs) ever. Um, (laughs) That's where my unrealistic super fan goes with just like, never sell anyone ever. Um, At the beginning of the season, I definitely thought they were going to sell. I definitely thought Mike Miner was going to be gone. That was it. The last two months, I've been very much don't sell Especially this month, just because at first, you know, when they played good against Boston and Cleveland, it was kind of like, oh, the Rangers could be legitimate buyers, not huge names, but they could get a couple of decent guys. Lately, it's been I don't want to see them sell anyone because they're not that bad to sell, but they're not that good to buy. So just do nothing because you could potentially the team works well together and they're a good team. So might as well just keep what you have now. See how what that turns into next season.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm on that. Um, I'm on that train as well. Um I'm also like, ugh, I don't I don't really know. Like if if they keep losing, then um, I mean, the main part is like, I don't want to trade Lance Lynn unless because you've got him for two more seasons after this. Yeah. And like, it's not like the most ridiculously friendly deal and also i I like that i mean I like having team control over a guy that's been this good and I think could continue to be um i mean not quite this good but at least pretty good in those three years span, where you think that's like more your window like um in twenty twenty one and twenty two um, actually, no, he's just through twenty twenty one um but still, I really like holding on to a guy like that but Mike Miner is the real question. I think it's gotta it's gotta go down like this. If you keep losing, that's when you can start considering selling him. Yeah. But if if they rip off a win streak and start doing well right before the trade deadline, just in the next like week or so, because it's it's really coming up quick. Yeah. But if you don't start doing that, then you got to gauge his interest and see, okay, are you gonna want to stay here long term? And you got to keep that quiet on what he says. Like if he says. No, I'm. I want to test the open market. Um, I want to see what kind of value I can get. Even if you're like, hey, I've seen this thrown out there, but like a three-year, uh, sixty million dollar extension, so like twenty million a year, which would be the most money he's like ever made. And if he really likes it here and y'all like each other, and he's willing to take that, then I say no, do not shop him. But if he's like, I really want to test the open market and see what I can get then you, you keep that on the DL and you start shopping him. Because if, if word gets out that he wants to leave or test the open market, then the prospects you're going to get for him are like, go yeah. like, way down. Um, but I think you start by looking at the Dodgers. I get really greedy when I start doing this. But um, <laughs> Gavin Lux is incredible. Um, he's a shortstop. He like, hits for power. Um, he also like, defends well. He's just kind of a, a do-everything type. Um, He's also 6'2", and he bats lefty. plays, like, both middle and field positions. I also like uh, Kyber Ruiz, who is a switch-hitting catcher, just whew, who can hit well um, and hit for a little bit of pop, um, but he's really good defensively. Um, he's got a good arm. Um, you look at a guy like Dustin May. I really like just Dodgers develop pitchers really well, so Dustin May is on MLB.com listed as their top um, pitching prospect. Um, he's got a really good fastball, really good curveball and cutter, um, pretty decent changeup and really good control. So I like a guy like that. He's got um in uh in Tulsa for 15 games this season, he struck out 86 in 79 innings and walked only 20. I really like that. Um I, I don't like using any of the triple numbers this year because the ball is juiced and that'll be a discussion for a later day because I need to go and read that athletic article written by the astrophysicist, um, about the testing she did on how juiced the balls were. Because I listened to a, a podcast with her talking with Jonah Carey about the juiceness of the balls. And it was really fascinating, the kind of stuff that she did. Um, but I need to go back and read her actual article um, before I do that. But if you can't get two like top 100 prospects for Mike Miner, I don't think you should do it. Agreed. Um, But you really like you need to be asking high because there nobody has starting pitching prospects or or nobody has starting pitching um, or like a a fine level that they feel comfortable with right now. You are he is by far the best piece that would be on the market. There are like four or five different contending teams that would want him. Um, Don't sell him to the Astros no matter what. Um, Actually, I don't know about no matter what. But you've got to make that asking price like three top 100 prospects um, if if you're going to sell him to your divisional rival and have to deal with him on a friendly contract for the next two years. I just – that would be tough to do. And even then, just literally just drive up the price as high as you can get. If you don't feel blown away by the offers for him or if someone comes asking for uh, Lance Lynn and they don't blow you – absolutely blow you away with those offers, then you have no incentive to really trade like you don't need to go the Cole Hamels route or the U Darvish route where it's like, well, we know we have to trade them. Everyone knows we have to trade them. So we're probably not going to get anything that special for him. Although Willie Calhoun is very special in our hearts um, and also a very good baseball player. But it's if you're not blown away, that's my, my main thing. Don't make a trade because you feel like you have to. Just yeah, make a smart trade if it presents itself.
1: And I think that's a very good point especially considering this is the first season with the new rule and that there's only one deadline. There's no waivers in August. So I'm very curious to see how that plays out and if teams, hopefully not the Rangers, are going to make moves because they feel like they have to because there's no other option.
0: Yeah, I I think so. And I think you're going to get some desperate teams because there's a bunch of teams that are like... I think the Dodgers could really get desperate. Yeah, like I, I I would like that because they have a lot a lot of things in in their prospect treasure trove that get me really excited. Um, I could, about potential rangers.
1: I could also see the Red Sox getting desperate just because they're the defending world champs at this moment in time. They're not in the playoffs, and their bullpen has been not great. Um, I could I could definitely see them making some desperate moves to get in the playoffs at any it would probably most likely be wild card spot unless the yankees just completely collapse um i just hope the rangers aren't a desperate team because they shouldn't be desperate
0: i don't think um, they will be john daniels it, is too smart for that yeah
1: and especially considering their way they're at a point way beyond we all expected so just kind of enjoy it and not really ro- worry too much about if you are or aren't in the playoffs because you're close enough. You're closer than you thought you were going to be and that to me is enough for this season.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Um I really like the um the Yankees prospects too. They've uh, a lot of pitch like really pitching heavy on their top prospects. Um they got a guy uh, Jonathan um Loia Oh my gosh, this is there's too many <laughs> there's too many vowels here. Um um L O A I S I G A um but he's got a a potential double plus fastball, a plus curveball, plus changeup and plus control. So that's exciting. Um but there's just a lot of a lot of pitchers in their top um four of the top 5 pitcher or prospects are pitchers. So I would like one of them plus a Clint Frazier if I'm going to give you <laughs> Mike Minor. Um and the Rangers can do that. They can sit there and be picky cuz for sure especially if they're like in the hunt, like, Hey, you really have to incentivize us to do this. And I mean, I don't, I don't see the Boston Red Sox getting is like picky because they have just won like several championships, like recently. So they don't really need to like go crazy on it. And also their prospect system is not like, they've done a lot of trades recently. They've given up a lot of prospect capital. um, And their system isn't quite as deep as people like, um, like the the Yankees and the Dodgers. Um, but anyway, that's where I think they should stand right now. Um, I'm going to be excited to see what they're going to do. I like that JD has said he's like open to anything. I, I like that you kind of have to be that way when you're in this kind of middle ground right now. Um, just just be smart. That's all I ask. Be smart. Don't do something dumb because you're feeling crazy. I've done that before. <laughs> Um, I've done that a lot of times, not with being a baseball GM, but in other times in life. And I wished every time that I had just been smart. So, J.D., quite smart. <laughs> I'm Bryce Patrick.
1: I'm Morgan Price.
0: And hashtag together we pod.
1: Hey, Prime members.